Hey, everybody. It is Yvette and Erica, and this is the Melon Pearls podcast, episode two. Yes, episode two. And this topic is so exciting and I'm excited to be talking about it because it's so important. You know, it's the start of the year and we're kind of looking at various aspects of our lives. And one of those aspects probably is our career. And, you know, if I could go back to the Erica that started working a long time ago, I would have said to her, working hard is not what's going to get you ahead. I was all, I would also say to her, you need to be strategic. Uh, when I was growing up, I was taught that I had to work hard. And when I worked hard, I'd be rewarded for it. And I might have worked for school, but definitely did not work when it pertained to my career. So that was my initial thought about my career. I would be rewarded. I'd move up the chain if I really worked hard. And while working hard is important, it is definitely not the magic sauce to building a career. I would agree with that. I would definitely agree with that. Absolutely. In actuality, the magic sauce involves a few ingredients, your brand, your reputation, your network, those who talk about you when you're not around. Yes. So for my Hamilton fans, those who are in the room where it happens. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. You know, um, when I, my career very, very different, different path. Um, I started out, uh, to be a doctor and then I went to, uh, to be a politician and then I got an advanced degree in health policy and finance. And then I ended up in it. So, um, (laughs) think about it. Right. So one of the things that I've learned over, over the many, many years is that when it's the intention that I start my day with and I'm always, when I wake up and I open my eyes, I'm just like, yeah, it's another opportunity to be the best version of myself. And I'm going to kick some booty today because I didn't get up just be mediocre. Right. So it's like, I get up that way and I'm energized to start the day. And so, but that's a new mindset that I've had over recent years, not in my early career. But what I, I've, I've kind of seen like a pattern every time I would present or speak on panels at Amazon, hosted events, you know, without fail, women will come up to me afterwards or hit me up on LinkedIn, a lot of LinkedIn hiccups, um, or email me internally and always ask me the same question. Are there any tips to becoming a successful female leader in technology? So let me preface this. My answer is not absolute, it's not for everybody, but it's what I've done to be a successful, you know, black woman leader in technology. So this is what I say all the time. I consistently show up as the best version of myself. I focus on building my personal brand because my achievements won't speak for themselves. I focus on my superpowers. And at the same time, I keep my kryptonite in check. And lastly, every single door that opens for opportunity, I'm there. If opportunity's knocking, what a window, door, crevice, crack, I'm gonna open it, right? And it's with that mindset and how I operate, it's kind of like where I got today. You know, and I think a lot of young people um, starting out their career, they start focusing on this. I wanna do X, so I'll do A, B, C, and D to make it happen. And there's totally nothing wrong with having a really healthy, healthy level of optimism. But from the onset of your planning, you always need to ensure your plans are future proofed, bulletproof, future proof, whatever you want to call it. And what I mean is that you, you start looking for trends in the industry that you're in and things that may seem insignificant now 
they will become significant in the not too future, not too distant future. So think about this. For all the companies that were so hard pressed to be in person, everybody had to roll up in the office, be in the office like brick and water every day, every day in the building. And they didn't really have the infrastructure, either inadequate or minimum, to support a virtual workforce. And then they paid for it. They paid for it with COVID. And many of those companies are out of business today. So one of the things that I would just like to remind everybody is that it's great to have an idea where you, what you want to do, where you want to go, you know, and how you want to get there. But these are not the days of lore where people used to work at the same company like 30, 40 years, right? It doesn't work like that anymore. We need to be nimble. We need to be agile. We need to be flexible. And we always need to plan. And mm -hmm. just don't sit where you're at and think like everything is going to be copacetic and not going to change because COVID woke a lot of people up, you know, jobs where they thought that they were just solid. You know, I ain't going nowhere. They need me. Uh, no, they don't. Right. No. So um, always have a plan B. No, I totally I totally agree with that. And, you know, one of the things, you know, you talked about some of the, the things that you, you've learned. And I think for me, some of the things that I've uh, learned, you know, every year. I really don't get into resolutions, but I I set to establish a set of goal for, goals for myself for the year. So I have my financial goals, my me goals and my career goals. And it might be a certification, a promotion to enhance my network or to build my brand. But after I set those goals, I think about the actions I need to take to meet those goals. And most yep. importantly, the resources that I need to make those goals a reality, right? Yep. So those resources might be a mentor or a sponsor. And Yvette, you and I have talked about that, right? And the fact uh, that yep. they're totally different people, that your mentor is someone that you can have candid conversations about. It could be a peer. It could be a, someone that you look up to. And they can provide you with suggestions and advice. And that person could be within your organization, an old boss or a friend, right? Because you and I bounce ideas yeah. off each other all the time. Yep. But your sponsor is an internal senior leader with influence and most importantly, decision-making ability, right? We've they, talked about they, this. They got the power. You go to them and, and you ask them to do blah. They said, yes, it'll get done. It's no, I got to check with so-and-so. Right. So -and -so. It's the, that's the type of person that make the moves. It has the power moves. When they say go, people be like, where? Right. right. And that, exactly. that's a sponsor. That's a sponsor. And that person is floating in atmosphere that you don't even know about meetings. You don't even know about secret rooms in your building. You probably don't even know about they, they got <laughs> access to that and you don't even know who's in the room with them. But if you have them as a sponsor and they and they're thinking about you and they know about what you want to do and what's a great opportunity for you, I can I can guarantee you like death and taxes if. There is an opportunity that comes up out of a conversation that he or she is having in a meeting and this will help you. And they're thinking about you. The job's not posted. It never no one ever knows about it except for when you got the position. And that <laughs> happens every single freaking day. All those backroom conversations, they do happen. And your job, it is your job to make sure that you get a sponsor who's gonna be in those backroom conversations thinking about you. That is your job. Mentor, cool, whatever. You can talk to them like Erica mm -hmm. said, and we can have these real conversations, yada, yada, yada. But the power play, you need the politic network and get that person who's floating in those back rooms, having those secret people conversations and meetings. You need one of them to be like, yeah, be your number one cheerleader all the time because that's how moves happen. 
that's how roles appear and you, you they appear and you find out about it when that person comes out in the announcement and the, the global email with it's like so-and-so is now doing this i'm like really i didn't see that right because their sponsor hooked them up so it's thinking like that you know and mm-hmm. um i i, I want to go back to the whole COVID thing and just you know being complacent um, in your role, in your industry and not really thinking of it, you know, and I'm going to bring it, I'm going to, I'm going to bring into technology because that's my, that's the space that I roll in. So I have an example for you to, and how I want you to look at your career, what you want to do and not to be complacent. So when you're architecting on Amazon, there's a term called the spread placement group. And it's always recommended for applications that have a small number of critical instances to always be kept separate. And the reason why you would do this is because you want to reduce risk of simultaneous failures, you know, when you're using the same racks. If you're interested in that, go to Amazon, AWS.com, <laughs> look up the placement group. I'm not going to go into great detail about it. But anyway, so if you have critical portions of your application, you don't all want them grouped in the same rack. You want them spread. You know, so if one rack goes down, your app doesn't fail. It keeps working, right? Spread placement groups. So now think about this. Same applies to weaknesses in your career plan. When planning, you need to identify potential threats and come up with ways to minimize the damage by isolating the blast radius, right? So technical dis- technological disruptions happen all the time. For example, AI, automation is putting people out of work every single freaking mm-hmm. day, right? So here's a real world example. What if you're currently working in an industry that um, artificial intelligence is going to disrupt, right? Now is, a, now is a really, really, really good time to start cultivating a plan B or some alternate revenue streams, right? So if your main career path is you're outplaced because of automation and AI, and your situation becomes untenable, you're not scrambling at the 11th hour to find a job or income, but you still have income coming in. So, so let me emphasize it like this. This doesn't mean quit your job today, you know, on your little side hustle thing that you kind of work on once in a while. I'm not saying to do that whatsoever. What I'm saying is to start exploring and testing ideas now to ensure that you can pivot if stuff happens. That's can all I I'm say- saying. Yeah. Can I jump in for a sec about that? Because that's an excellent point because, you know, I think, you know, some might be thinking, well, how how do I know that something, you know, how do I know, you know, that, that my Mm -hmm. job might, you know, and I think that that requires you keeping your ear to the ground, that you have to pay attention and see what's happening. So let's say, for example, you have a job where what you do is very repetitive, Yep. You know, it's a very repetitive thing. Um, you might have to reconcile things or what have you. That potentially could be a candidate for AI, right? AI. right? Yeah. A- and you have to keep your ear to the ground. And Yvette mentioned this before. What's happening in your company? Because yep. what's happening and you keep you, you kind of know where things are going, it will help you pivot. And I think that that's very important. And you made an important point there, Yvette, that, you know, yeah, fine. If there's something that you have a passion about and this is your side hustle, keep it as your side hustle. But that could potentially become your hustle. Just yep. saying. Yep. Yep. And one of the things, you know, people reorgs don't happen out of the blue. No. And let me re- let me let me repeat this. Reorgs do not happen out of the blue. Don't sleep because you never know where you're going to end up in a new vertical or out. 
right? Layoffs happen all the time. But if you think about what you need to do with your plan B and always think about working your external network as well as your internal network, because if you don't do that, it's going to be really, really hard to find a new job really, really quick. If you don't have a plan B, you don't have alternate revenue streams, and you don't have a network to tap into that you can make one, two, three, four, five calls. And at the end of the fifth call, you got three, you got three areas that you can go looking for a new job, right? Or you got someone willing to make a call because they know they, another person that they know of in another organization, whatever, is looking to fill blah, blah, blah spot. If you don't have an external network, if you don't have an internal network, and if you don't have the plan B, that's when you're, you're just completely freaking out, right? You're freaking out. So the point that I'm making is what happened with the pandemic, Just it just reinforces that we have to fundamentally think about our, our career, our plan, our alternate revenue streams, what we want to do, and cultivate and nurture that external network. Because business, because of the pandemic, we're all virtual. Everything is remote. If you can plug a laptop in and get on any Wi-Fi and work, you're golden. Mm -hmm. But if your, organization, if your organization cannot support anything like that, you're going to be out of business. And the pandemic has basically created a crazy a level amount of, of, of energy and increased the metabolic rate of business because everything's virtual now. You need to be what? You've heard, you've, you've heard people say this about teams and projects. You need to be agile, you need to be flexible, and you need to pivot on a dime without having to tear stuff down, rebuild stuff, you know, like hardware, like you need to be tear it down, go down in five minutes, build something up new and two, right? You need to be that nimble and that quick because anybody, any organization that operated prior to March in 2019 that didn't have uh, an ability to pivot quickly to go 100% virtual, long gone. Gone. And that's the next normal. And the next normal is, a, you know, whoever that's going to be from a business perspective, it's all going to be digitization, all of it, mm -hmm. all of it. So if you had plans, you know, and at the end of 2019 and beginning of 2020 to like kickstart or revamp your career, just like a whole bunch of other people, you're probably thinking like WTF now what, right now, like now, what do I do? Um, this is the time, right? Is I've been talking about what you do from a long lens, but keep that in your hip pocket, but focus on the current, your current view. And so um, I'm going I'm to let Erica jump in. I, have a whole, I can be, I can talk about this like 99 million years, but, um, but I talked about the long lens. Now let's talk about where you are today, where you sit right now. Right. So, you know, when, when we're at our, our, our current employers and we're thinking about where we are from our career and, you know, we're starting at the start of the year and now we're setting our goals for what's going to happen. And I talked to you about a little minute, a few minutes ago about, you know, the fact that I set internal goals, you know, for myself as far as my career is concerned. So I encourage you to think about your goals in your current function. Before you have that conversation, you know, the HRE, let me put my goals in the system, you should really be clear about it. You should not be reacting to the fact that, oh, crap, and now I got to get my goals in. No, your goals should be carefully thought out and really tangible as to what you want to do this upcoming year. So that when you start having the conversation with your manager, 
You are clear and succinct about those goals and understand. Remember, I talked about resources. What role does your manager play in that discussion? So when you have those goals in mind, you kind of think those through and think about even forward think a little bit, right? You're going to have mid-year five or six months from now. So where do you want to be against those goals? And if one of those goals is to get promoted, do your research. What's the promotion cycle? Like, what does it take to do that? What are the competencies that need to be displayed? How do you get the work that allows you to share and show those competencies? It's a plan. You have to be very strategic because if you sit there and work hard and meet all your deliverables, it doesn't mean you're going to get promoted. Nope. It just just means you did a good job. Actually, it just means you did your job. Yeah. And there's a a difference. You did. You did the bare minimum. Um, Yeah. So I'm going to use myself as an example, like I always do. Right. Um, And I'm going to share with you um, something that I use personally, you know, to, to manage my career, you know, and what I'm going to talk to you about, about what I do, it has enabled me to get through all the highs and lows. Um, and I use this to kind of set up my living career plan. And I'm going to tell you what that means. Your living career plan is what you plan. And then there's reality, right? So everything was good on paper, but reality is going to have something for you. So let me start with this. I learned a long time ago. It doesn't matter, and I'm gonna, and I can, and I can say this with a lot of facts. It doesn't matter where you go or what role you are in. Your manager is not responsible for the trajectory or path of your career. Absolutely, it's you are. All, it's all on you. It's all on you. And if you get to the point where you shift your mindset and align it to think that way, you won't. You won't be bitter anymore. You're not gonna be mad or disappointed in other people. When it comes to your career, because why? It's all on you, you know, and you can you can be forever employable. And if you want that ultimate goal, you got to work for it. You got to be intentional about where you're going and be prepared to act immediately without any hesitation whenever the right opportunity presents yourself. So Erica started, you know, the episode off with, you know, all the work you need to do, you know, the planning. And I talked a little bit about plan B. It's all about being able to act immediately because that's how stuff happens. Like you, they're going to, opportunity is going to come up and you're like, okay, let me think about it. Don't, you can't take days, right? Cause you're trying to see how you need to do this and how you can do that. You need to be able to have enough, enough in your toolkit and your tool shed mm-hmm. that you can pivot when opportunity strikes. And I said in the very beginning, I'm always opening doors where opportunity is knocking. I'm every single door. I look at every opportunity. Someone says something crazy. I'm still going to think about, I'm like, Hmm, does that fit into what I want to do? Because it's an opportunity, right? So what I, what my career planning, living career plan does, it has four pieces to it. I, whenever I'm thinking about what I'm going to do, I'm always thinking about, I'm going to continuously be in a road and improvement. I'm going to continuously be learning. I'm going to be looking at ways to reinvent myself using my superpowers. And I am always going to be an entrepreneur. And that last one is key, right? Because you're an entrepreneur too. You are. And let me tell you why. Because it's your life. And you're the CEO, right? If you look at it that way and you adopt the entrepreneurial mindset and proactively put your ideas out there, 
put you out there and you're out there to attract all these new opportunities and try to land them and turn them into success, you are a CEO. You are an entrepreneur of your life. Now, if you look at it that way, it's just going to carry you so much further because you need to be personally accountable to you. And if and this is not new. You all know this because you're responsible for your life, right? Only you. Same thing with your career. You can't be mm-hmm. only responsible for your life and then show up at, at an office at eight o'clock in the morning and then turn it over to some random person who, who, who may be your manager. You may have known a long time or not and be like, OK, you plan my career. That doesn't ha- that doesn't that doesn't happen like that. So if you think about it that way, if you're a CEO, you're an entrepreneur, you do side hustles, whatever, own your career. Own it. Own it, own it, own it. I I totally agree. It is your your life. It is your career. It is yours to manage and yours to move in whatever direction you want to move. And you know, Yvette, it's interesting. I'll I'll, I'll share a little story, a little anecdote too, um, about sometime last year, and this has to do with opportunity, right? An opportunity to, to illustrate and show that you can bring new things to the table and actually show different sides of yourself. I actually got a call on a weekend from my manager about a project that needed some assistance. And on Monday, we were going to get started. And it was something that, you know, it was one of those Tom Cruise, the train left, jump on the train, you know, type right, of things. Right, right. And and I had to just jump in and pivot and do the work. Uh, was it part of my overall plan? No. But did it allow me to show my superpowers? Yes. So it allowed me to be exposed to a whole different set of people that didn't know who I was. And now they do. And now they do, right? And I think that's one thing that I've learned in my career, that you have to be known for something. Yep. So do something and do it well. Yeah. And start building a reputation of your, for yourself as someone who gets X, whatever that is, done really well. Yep. Move on to the next piece of work, rinse and repeat, do it well, because yep. that's how you start building your brand. And yep. your brand is something that is as good as gold. Like you yep. have to build it. Like you have to have, you know, they have to say, oh, hey, that Eric and Yvette girl, oh my gosh, look at them too. They can do, you know, because that's how you establish your brand. And that's how people get to know you. Yeah. Anything, yeah. Anything else you want to add to that? Yeah, because I'm going to, I'm going to go back to our previous episode. Erica got a call on Saturday and was ready to roll on Monday to do it without question, without hesitation. And you know why? Because she is confident in herself and her superpowers and what she can do. And she's always unapologetically herself. And when you think about it this way, it's like, I'm not going to say no, and I'm not going to hesitate. I am so confident, not saying that I'm cocky, you know, and I'm better than anybody else. I'm confident what I can do because it's always you versus you, not you versus them. It doesn't matter what their journey is. So you don't think about, you know, am I being left behind? No, you are on your own path, right? You're not going to compare yourself to anybody. Why? Because you know who you are. You are aligned to yourself and you know that you're good at what you do. And what's for you will never pass you by. I'm telling no, you, you got people like please. scheming and all those other kind of stuff, you know, kind of force things happen. Same thing with relationships. If it's for you, <laughs> if it's for you, it will never pass you by. Yep. And I think you um, have to be honest with yourself. I'm sorry yeah. to cut it. I think you have to be yeah. honest with yourself too, right? Because you have to be confident in yourself, but you also, because I think sometimes when we get into like year end time or mid year time, 
we kind of feel like we're surprised. You should never be surprised. And if there's something that happens that you you know in your heart you didn't put in your best effort, then just admit it to yourself and continue to grow and move on. Move but on. I do feel that sometimes what happens is we get to a certain point where like, oh my God, this just happened to me. It didn't happen to you. You know, you kind of, you should know what's coming yep. in your direction or not, because it shouldn't happen to you. You should be the catalyst to make that happen. Of course, I'm not trying to look at it with rose colored glasses. There are other factors at play, but still, when it comes to what Yvette said, you are your own CEO. You know, you know what you're mm -hmm. capable of and not. And just yep. being honest with yourself goes a long way. I just want yeah. to say that. Yeah. And so... So I was kind of telling you the story how I approach, you know, my living career plan. But let me tell you how you put that in, how I put my living career plan in action. So first day of work was January 4th, my first day right back. Um, that weekend before, you know, I started thinking about, you know, 2021 and thank God we're out of 2020. You know, after <laughs> I got through that, I started thinking about, okay. What's, you know, what's the plan? What are we slaying in 2021? And I always ask myself, this is the question, every single year, every single role, every single organization, am I living my truth? And that my answer determines my map of what I'm going to do that year or in that role, in that organization, and how I'm going to drive my career activities for the next 12 months. Like I said, Reorganizing layoffs happen all the time. COVID has laid waste to entire industries. So I focus on only doing things that not only reinforce living my truth, but are aligned to me personally, morally as well. So, you know, I have my plan and I'm always thinking about growing, learning. Like last year, I got eight certifications. Look, where, where am I going to go? Nowhere, <laughs> right? So what? You got to think that way, right? You can, you can sit and watch TV and catch up on your soaps and do all that. But how is that going to help you get to the next level that you want to, you want to be at where you want to go, you know? So, you know, part of my plan, eight certs, boom, knocked it out of the park. Great. So anyway, now you have, now I have my map where I want to go. Now it's time to move forward with implementation. And this is so key people. If, if you fast forward, listen to this point forward, what I'm going to tell you right now, the implementation is up to you and managing up your manager. Now, a lot of people may think that managing up is like a negative term. It is not because managing up means you're being proactive. Managing up means that you are being the CEO and you're running things, you're setting the agenda, you're timing it, you know what you need to cover. Why? Because you know what's on your plan, you know what's on your map, right? Own it. So I'm gonna talk about you know the one-on-ones, you know, using my example. So I've seen lots of people, even me early in my career, they begrudgingly go into these, you know, biweekly one-on-ones with their managers, unprepared and aimlessly just sitting there like, you know, cattle grazing in a field, you know, just boom, lump on a log, right? Why? This is your time to focus on you, your needs, your challenges and your career. Why waste it? I mean, it's like, 30 minutes of me time, right? You know, so for me, this is where I activate my plans. I, and I never wing it. It's, it. It takes preparation and never wing a one-on-one. -on -one. Never wing a one-on-one. -on -one. So these are, I do five things. And these are the five things that I do. One, 
I, from my plan, I identify and I prioritize, you know, all the asks, trainings, opportunities, tasks, et cetera. I need to activate it, right? So I got this huge list, all the things that I need to do to make it happen. Then I prioritize a list and group them based on themes. You know, you got training, you, you got like stretch goals of like new opportunities, different projects, different skill sets, you know, different verticals, you group them. And then I create my agenda for my one-on-one -on -one meeting. Based off of the highest priority, I pick like three to five topics that I wanna cover in my one-on-one -on -one with my manager. And then I send them the agenda ahead of, ahead of the meeting. Now, normally it's like 24 hours, but, and you know why? And this is the key, because you want them to be prepared in your 30 minutes. So you ask them, so you don't, you're not in a position where you ask them a question. They're like, humna, 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 let me get back to you. No, you want to be able to say, here, this is what we're going to cover. If you could bring answers to these questions or bring a solution in for these things, and we can talk about it in our one-on-one, -on -one, it's a productive one-on-one, -on -one, right? So during your one-on-one, -on -one, you sit there, you take notes, you uh, document what was agreed on, decisions that were made. People, if it ain't written down, it never happened. Because what happened if your manager and your one-on-one -on -one says, you know, we're going to look to get you a 7% increase in salary and you don't write that down and you get a 2% increase. What are you going to do, right? <laughs> you, mean, mm -hmm. like, you got seven, you got two. If it ain't written down, you can't remind them. Why? Because he said, she said, they may have forgotten, whatever. Write stuff down. Summarize. I summarize my one-on-one -on -one with my manager. I identify, you know, and name who's going to own which action item and when it's due, right? And then I send them, the, I send them the email summary of everything that we talked about. It's memorialized. They have it. And whatever carried, we didn't finish from that meeting, and I can carry it over into the next meeting if it's one of my prioritizations on my prioritization list, and you just keep it moving. You know, and, and you can't expect to be successful if you're going to give up your career work to another person. You can't be a part-time CEO, you know, like you ripping and running in your personal life and then come to work 801, you're sitting there like, okay, what are you going to do for me? No, no, you have to be full-time. It's a full-time job, you know, and success is tied to being fully present, proactive, and transformational in your life. Mm -hmm. I agree. Everything you said, I agree too, because um, when I have my one-on-ones, it, it's very much the same. It is very intentional. and we walk out of there with actions as to what we're going to do because you're right. It's gold. A lot of the, you know, a lot of our managers are busy. We yeah. want to use that time productively and we want to make sure that we walk out of there with a clear understanding of what we both agree to. And it's not a mid-year type of thing. It's not a mid-year nope. and year-end type of thing. Nope. It's a every week or whatever frequency that you have type of thing, because this is your opportunity to talk about you. And it's also your opportunity to share certain things about yourself that your manager may not know, oh, i.e. Yes. if you're involved in a diversity group, or if you're yep. working on a mentoring program, or if you're doing those types of things outside of your day-to-day -day, but they're important to you. You're, you have a passion about them. And most importantly, you're contributing to the firm because yeah. it's not only necessarily contributing to your day to day, but you're contributing overall, which illustrates that you are proactive because you're not asking your manager, what can I do? You're doing it and you're going out there and you're building your network, believe it or not. So that is also you networking in a very different way that can potentially 
help you propel forward and illustrate to your manager that it's not all about the day to day. And you wind up learning a lot in the meantime. So I do those times are it's gold and you have to take your one on ones very seriously. I do agree very, with that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um so I I created a one on one template that you know ever, anyone is interested um on my website, yvetteschmitter.net. Just check it out. Um, tons of templates and other resources for you there to help you with career planning um and managing your one on ones, managing up your manager. Um Erica touched on something that leads into year end. So Erica and I, our organizations have different year ends. Like some people's year ends for their companies are like, you know, end of December, right? And now you start, you get your performance review, right? And then in January, we start setting your goals. Some companies, they go in March. Some companies Mm -hmm. are like April. It's totally different. So when you show up to do your performance review, do you just are you looking at a blank screen or a blank piece of paper and trying to figure out what to say what you like what highlight what Mm -hmm. superpower what did you do you know 11 months uh and 364 days ago that you know like is is worthy you know and should be notable what do you do right getting promoted or doing your year end or showing your value is is not just 40 hours you show 40 hours a week you showing up and doing your job it's not going to get enough it's not going to be enough it's never going to get you where you want to go so remember when i talked about being an entrepreneur and being that ceo and having that mindset well this is where all that kicks in right start thinking about what i start thinking about what my mentor told me a long long time ago oh he's brilliant i mean he's still my mentor but early in my career he's been with me for over a decade um but anyway anyway so let me go back so this is what he told me he said Yvette, no one is going to care about what you did if you can't relate it back to the business for value and if they don't know about it, mm-hmm. right? So, okay, hmm, your personal brand is a collection of your body of work plus your value prop to the business. And it shows up way before you do. You remember when I talked about, you know, having that sponsor in your hip pocket, you know, um, and he or she's, you know, moving in meetings, doing the matrix stuff, you know, rooms you don't know about. You need to be able to be able to succinctly tell someone your value prop. So when he or she is sitting in that room with people you've never met in the room, you don't know where, where it's located in the building, your name rolls off their tongue. Why? Because they know what you can do and the value you bring to the business by your value proposition. And, you know, so get that together. So for me, where I am and with my organization, it's year end time. Um, and we're doing our performance review and I can guarantee you whatever industry, whatever company or whatever organization you're in, we're all doing the same thing. There's one commonality. We're looking at a document with limited space and limited words and you're required to outline your accomplishments for the whole entire year and your areas of improvement or in development, right? So some people sit there and they, they just stare like only and they try to remember what they did and mm-hmm. um, what went well and what wins, what kudos is. They start looking in their email box and like someone's giving them a shout out. They start, you know, trying to do all that. And it's super, super stressful. And I hope you a lot of people don't do that. So and, and I, I say that because if you're in that spot, you're standing in your own way and you're doing yourself a disservice. So what do you do? Right. You create a living document. And this little document of your body of work captures everything that you do throughout the year. You know, everything, 
in real time. So you start a new project, boom, that project, you put a, the name of the project, what it's about, what's your, the deliverables, what's the goal. And then every time you start knocking things out of the park and you start, you know, delivering to the customer, delighting the customer, you know, they're so happy, super, super happy. You write it down then and there. Don't, because if you wait until the end of the year, you won't remember. You're gonna, you're not gonna remember all no. those nuances, all those metrics, you know, that delighted the customer, got them to their end result, you know, got you the kudos that your company can leverage, you know, to other services. You're not gonna remember, and it's those little details that differentiate you, right? And if and if I could add something, yep. Um, when you get, you mentioned, you know, the shout outs and such. When you get those shout outs. Forward them to your manager oh. as soon as you get them. Don't wait. Yes. Don't keep them in your mailbox. Don't wait. Yeah. Like Yvette was saying, then you're scurrying through your mailbox looking for them. No, the minute you get them, because sometimes they just send them to you. Yeah. You forward that to your manager and just put a little note. You know, I'm so excited about the work that I did. Right. And look, you know, look what's happened. Yep. And because th they'll remember that, that along with you're very well written <laughs> right. self-appraisal, right? I mean, they right. remember that. So don't do not do that immediately. Don't kind of wait right before mid-year to do it or year-end. Send it as soon as it's got, as soon as you get it. Right, because, and oh my goodness, managers have, could have a you know, small number of people, five to seven reporting them. Some have like 10, 15 direct reports. How are they gonna remember about you sitting over right. there or like, you know, in Brooklyn, you know, at your laptop, they're not going to remember like everything that, about you. Why? Because they got 14 other people to manage all that HR stuff that they need to do. Did you take your training? Did, 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 I got to write you up, whatever. You know, I'm not coming in today. All that stuff, that managerial stuff, plus their day job, right? Their, their metrics that they got to hit. It's just not caring feeding of the 15 people that directly report to them. They bring value to the business too in addition to managing people, right? Mm -hmm. So they got 15 people to manage and then they have all these targets that they personally need to hit. So how in the heck are you gonna think that they're gonna be thinking about you and every little thing that you do? They're not, I'm, I'm telling you, they're not. And, and the only way that you are going to be top of mind to them, if you let them know, if you tell them, because if they don't see it, it never happened. Never have hallway conversations are great. Right, have someone write that stuff up and send you send you and your manager an email because they just like they have that conversation is going to go one ear right out the other and they're going to focus on the next thing that they need to do. And I'm telling you, it ain't you. So exactly, you get you get um you do you collect all these wins, all these activities over over the course of the year. Erica mentioned this earlier. You know, things happen. Your one on ones. It is you, 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 you. All about you. Be the exactly. only, be the only child, and demand their attention and take it all up. You know because it's all on you. If they only have thirty minutes every two weeks to dedicate to you, take it. You know and use it to your advantage. If you get kudoses from other people, you know you could forward to them, but remind them in your one-on-one. -on -one. Boom, right? You know, remind them. And it's just not those one-offs. You have all that information, all that stuff that you've done across the year. And now it's year in and it's time to do your performance rule. And you're flipping through pages with a lot of metrics, details, you know, kudos to shout outs, accomplishments, all these things. And you have your pick of the litter 
of what you want to put in your performance review. So when your manager reads your performance review from your perspective, you are going to knock their socks off. Why? Because they are not going to remember all the stuff you did all year. There may be a couple of issues or some of the things that may be top of mind. But if you if you create a story based off of your data points that you've captured throughout the year in your self-assessment, they're going to be like, oh, right. Oh, right. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And you're like, oh, that. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. That helps you. Exactly. Helps you. I totally agree. And I would even take that one a little one step further is I would even take that email that I received that shout out that great job. I would PDF it. And I would actually if there is an opportunity for you to provide supplemental information in your performance appraisal, stick that in there. So you sent it. It's almost like you're just overkill, but it's okay. It, yeah. it is really okay because you want to keep it top of mind. So if you could PDF it or whatever and stick it as a supplemental document, that's also additional input that you can put into your appraisal. So it's just something to think about as well. Yeah, I mean, it's it's all it's all good. Same thing for promotions. Same thing for promotions. All those kudoses, all those people that gave you shout outs, they need to be references in your promo doc. They need to be a reviewer in your promo doc. All those, all those kudos, all those wins goes in your proto do- promo doc. And if you have to hunt, peck, find, jig four years back and three years back in your role to get to that next level, it, it's, it's going to be a painful process. And the only person you're hurting is yourself. I agree. Is yourself. So remember, your value is not only what you bring to the company, or your organization or your role is but what you believe you bring to the organization, to the company, the value you bring. And it goes back to being yourself, having the confidence and believing in you, betting on you every single day. So when that opportunity comes and is knocking, you open the door. Why? Because you know, because you're betting on yourself. You're not looking for nobody else. You know what you can do. Open the door. And the same thing when it comes to your one-on-ones and your performance reviews or any other type of conversations, it's a plan. And you have to be proactive. You have to be transformational. You have to be that entrepreneur that's always thinking, where can I, how can I put myself out there? How can I put my ideas out there? How can I turn this to success? And who do I need to tell? And who do I need to network with? No, I agree. And if, and if I could just, you know, just, just give my little, my little, you know, bit here is, <laughs> you you know, you have to take an active interest. We've talked about this. I guess you got from, from the passion in our voice, right? You have to take an active interest in your career and where you want it to go. Because yep. if you work hard, you might get ahead, but you might not. I mean, yep. it, 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 it could just happen, you know? So I guess I would just say, don't let your career happen to you. Yeah. You need to be the force in your career and be your own entrepreneur, be your own CEO, and get your career to where you want it to go. Because you don't want to end up somewhere where there are conversations about you that you don't even feed into the conversation. In fact, I would say that's the worst place to be. Absolutely. So this is your career, and you are the architect. This is why we named our episode, because you are the architect. You are building it. Building. You know what you got to do. Absolutely. Uh, and the whole thing about this is last year when we did the other uh, season one, Eric and I talked a lot about like our tribe and your tribe. Right. 
And it's just so, it's just so beautiful how it all comes together. Not everybody's going to like you and that's okay because not everybody got good taste, right? One, <laughs> two, two is, two is when you are at a dip, if you, once you're vibing at a different level, like at this now, like thinking like this, taking control, transforming your life, working and working to be the best version of yourself every single day, your tribe is going to get smaller, right? Why? Because you're at a different level. You're having different conversations and only people who can vibe with you at that level are going to remain. People who want to stay stuck, people who don't want to do nothing, people just want to complain. People are just always talking about other people. People are not focused on themselves. People comparing themselves to other people, you know, living on social media, you know, getting hyped over the number of likes they get or whatever, living that way. They're not going to get to where they want to be, right? And they're going to fall to the wayside. Why? Because you can be like, why are you, you know, I don't want to be sitting here talking about Wendy Williams show and all the other kinds of stuff. Like, what? No, no. I, you know, there's a quick conversation. Like, well, you see that? Yeah. And then you keep it moving. But if it's always that, worrying about what someone else is doing or not doing, where someone else is going or not going, and it's not on you, it's a wasted life. So, yeah. yep. Be the CEO, own it. It's your life. You, you live it. And if you want to go somewhere, you have to curate it. You have to draw the map. You got to make sure you know where all the stop signs are. Look out for potholes. And those potholes could be other people. Those potholes could be difficulties at the job. The potholes could be your own personal triggers that you, you self-sabotage. Look out for those potholes, right? And the people in that bus with you is your tribe pushing you along the way to make sure that you stay on your map where you want to go. And you may have a big bus, very few people in the seats, and that is okay. You know why? Because those people, while you're dealing with the stuff in the front, they got your back and you'll always make it. I totally agree. I totally agree. And at the end of the day, you touched upon it, Yvette. It's about visualizing your best self. And your best self Your best self involves different facets and your best self involves different people and your tribe, your tribe are those people that are going to help you get there. And we hope we're part of your tribe. Yay. (laughs) Bye everyone. And that's our show. Any samples of media remain the property of their owners. Opinions expressed reflect the individual's point of view, not the melanin pearls podcast. If you enjoyed the show, like us on Facebook and Instagram. And don't forget to rate us on iTunes and Spotify. If there's a topic you would like for us to cover, let us know by visiting www.melaninpearls.com. Thanks for listening. And until next time, we encourage you to visualize your best self.